The history of television is a history of failure. For every popular series that lasted years and years, there are dozens that have been almost completely erased by history. But did they deserve to die? Or were they... Cancelled too soon? Welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I'm a film critic for Crave Online and Blumhouse.com. Everybody calls me Bibbs. Uh, my name is Whitney Seibold. I am also a film critic, uh, also for Crave Online, also for Blumhouse.com, also for Legion of Leia, also for Nerdist, and I am the co-host of the B-Movies podcast. From, from whence we hail. hail, and you may have noticed a slight change. <laughs> we have a new theme song. Yep. We have a new theme song as of this episode. We were going to try to debut it last week. For our one-year anniversary, but it just plain wasn't ready in time. But uh, fortunately, mm. my uh, mother, the car, sort of writes itself as far <laughs> as theme songs go. Uh, but yeah, this was actually kind of what we kind of always originally intended, and mm. we kind of ended up with this weird, funky Skinamax thing uh, by Hept- by Heptagon, a wonderful, mm. wonderful band that helped us out a lot. Uh, but our new track has mm. been written by uh, his name is Andy Hentz. He is a talented musician. He scored a few. Uh, films for friends, yeah. Not, not anything in the professional realm, but he he does work professionally. He does good. He does good work. So Andy Hens, yeah. So uh, uh, and he crafted for us what, what I I love it. It sounds like a sounds like a good A team knockoff, mm. uh, in a good way, in the best possible <laughs> way. Um, and uh, one of these days, I want to edit together some footage of us like defusing bombs <laughs> and like running away from from. We need a van. Yeah, that's what we need. We need a good old fashioned van. A van that, and somehow, if if we can afford it, a cannon pops out of the top. There you go. Uh, so we got that going for us. Uh, we also, uh, before we get into the show, we're going to be reviewing this week. We have, in case you missed it, we have our Patreon account. That means you can subscribe. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can give us money. What a privilege. <laughs> uh, well, th- thank you for listening. Now, uh, what you're listening to now, of course, is still free and cancel yeah. too soon. will always be free. Yes. Uh, but we wanted to sort of do a little bit, a little bit more give and take with our fans. Yeah. We wanted to provide you exclusive content. Mm-hmm. And we also look, this is, this show mm-hmm. is wonderful and I love doing the show, but it's also time consuming, especially we want to get more ambitious. We want to review longer television mm-hmm. programs and that takes time, take- time that we could be spending making money, <laughs> like spending time with our families. So, so, uh, so we, we've, we've put it to you. Uh, we have several Patreon subscribers already. Oh, uh, yeah, quite a few, and, actually. And, and bless all of you. You guys are wonderful. Um, but not uh, all of you may know about it yet. So we have a Patreon page up, and there are three different levels. You can subscribe at a 5 a $10, or $20 level. That's $5, 10 uh, $20 a month, and mm-hmm. uh, real, real fast, because so, we want to get into the episode, mm-hmm. want to give you just a bit of, a, a, a bit of notice about what you're going to get because, at each different tier. Because we uh, recorded one of these special exclusives already. Right. Now, for $5 a month, in addition to helping keeping the show running, you will get every episode of Cancelled Too Soon, including our new monthly program, the Cancelled Too Soon monthly movie, in which we review TV mm-hmm. movies, TV specials, TV miniseries, cool pop culture, weird historical ephemera that doesn't quite fit the rules of the show. So you'll always get a Cancelled Too Soon show 
for free. Mm. But the other stuff, we did like some Halloween specials and TV movies earlier last year. That stuff is now the Cancel Too Soon monthly movie, and that and episode is available right now, uh, only via Patreon. And uh, if it's titillating to you to know what it is, Ooh. we talked about the film Karate Dog. Starring direct, starring John Voight, Chevy, the voice of Chevy Chase, and uh, Jamie and Presley, Jamie Simon Pre- Rex, Jamie Presley, Pat Simon Rex, Marina. and it is directed by Bob Clark of A Christmas Story and Black Christmas and Porky's fame. So uh, it came out in the mid two thousands, and it is absolutely atrocious. And we know how much you love that. So again, <laughs> if you subscribe to any tier, five dollars a month or up, you get that episode and get one episode of that every month. Mm. For that uh, contribution. The other thing you get from the $5 tier is we are moving our Twitter polls where every month we allow our listeners Mm. to help us pick an episode for the next month of content. Those are going to be Patreon only now. That's the one change we made. Mm. We just wanted to give an added incentive for people Mm. to join up. Um, You can still uh, pitch stuff to us on Twitter. Oh, yeah. We'll take suggestions, but we'll... If you don't get to vote for an episode we're guaranteed to do next month, mm. unless you're on Twitter. So, uh, no, uh, unless on, you're on Patreon. On Patreon. So, that's now on Patreon. Now, for the $10 a month award, mm. for the Blackjack Savage tier... You get those two things, and... And you also get exclusive videos. Whitney and I are going to be doing exclusive video reviews of movies we see in advance. We're also film critics, as you may know. We mm. may also do TV reviews as well. Uh you get exclusive videos. We're going to do videos of us rubbing oil into one another. Sure. Yeah, why not? Sure. <laughs> uh, you're also going to get updated installments of what we are now working on, the Cancelled Too Soon Guidebook. Uh, all of the shows that we're reviewing on the show, and maybe some others as well, we're going to be sort of collecting all the information we get, all the trivia, all the observations, all the humor and wit and insight, mm. and we're going to try to put together a book, and that's going to be a work in progress, and you're going to get that work in progress mm. as it is worked on in progress. <laughs> and so some <laughs> and, of that material that... may end up being exclusive because we might not use it. Mm. So that might be really, really cool. Uh, and then also... For the $10 uh, reward, you're going to get one set of Cancel Too Soon pins and buttons, which aren't ready yet because we're still adding designs to our repertoire. We currently have, in fact, uh, four t-shirt designs. Yeah. Uh, one is our brand new Cancel Too Soon logo. Uh, designed uh, by the great Michelle Lapis. Uh, th- these are all designed by the great Michelle Lapis. So far. Uh, uh, and she, she again, she was our guest star on Dragon Half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, she, she's and she's really she's, talented. And she's also your wife. Yes, It's yes. worth mentioning. I think that's, uh, I don't know if that's what should define her. No. <laughs> it's worth but, mentioning, though. But you're, there's a talented she's, person around, you see. Yes, and she's fabulous. Uh, and then she also designed, this she, is your idea, Whitney. It, it was my idea, and I put it out to our fans, and she ended up just doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to see what we would look like as Mad Balls. If you remember <laughs> Mad Balls from the 1980s, they're back now, by the way. There's a YouTube yeah. channel devoted to new Mad Balls cartoons. Oh, spheroid severed heads mm-hmm. with, like, dangling eyeballs and yeah. boogers and, you know, the usual mm-hmm. gross humor mm-hmm. stuff. It's us. We're drooling and we're gross-looking. We What's got your... Scars and drool. What's your Madball name? My Madball name was uh, was Spitney Slime Mold. Yes, uh, I was very proud of that. And I'm uh, uh, Riglin Globulani, which I, might change the Globulani because it really does roll off the tongue a little better. I, I think, yeah, I think I could use a little more work. But uh, right. there's one. There's, <laughs> I might change that. There's one T-shirt that is uh, the two of us, and then there's one of each of us. So you can have just your favorite host, or you can have both hosts together, and you can make them say funny things. Uh, I, I think you should. I, uh, a really great idea. You get one of each host, and then you wear it as a couple's T-shirt. There you go. Go to go to the con, you know, here's, here's comic book con. We uh, haven't. Comic Con with one each. Maybe. Yeah, we haven't actually ordered our own shirts yet because you can get <laughs> these on tpublic.com mm. uh, slash cancel too soon. Uh, I think it's slash user slash cancel oh, too okay. soon. But yeah, uh, and you can order these for yourself. 
uh, we're gonna if you subscribe to the ten dollar tier, we're gonna give you some pins and buttons, but you can buy it. You can also yourself. just buy it. Yeah. And uh, uh, but we haven't gotten our own shirts yet. I'm curious. Should I wear the shirt with your face on it, and you wear the shirt with my face on it? I don't know. I think we, we should wear our own faces. We should figure this out, but <laughs> we have that. And then lastly, the $20 a month. For $20 a month, you get all of that cool stuff. Mm. You will also get... You got a t-shirt. <laughs> well, a t-shirt or mug of okay. your choice. And we're not actually collecting orders on that because we're still adding some designs, and we don't want everyone to like pick a design and then find out there's another design later. So mm. we'll collect orders on that in maybe a month or two. So you'll get your, your shirt. Don't worry, you'll get it. If you'll you want it. it faster, we'd talk to us. But if, in the meantime, if, if we know for sure that you want a definite yeah. design, let us know. But That's we're only, only going to prod you for your order when we have more designs. because We want to give you as many options as possible. We're also going to do, uh, every three months, we're going to do a Google Hangout with uh, listeners on the $20 more per month mm-hmm. uh, uh, ranking reward system. And also, we have the Cancel Too Soon Club. Four times a year, Whitney and I mm-hmm. uh, will curate a piece of material, a... Uh, a mix CD, uh, a DVD of a show we're going to review, mm. or, or just, a maybe book, just, maybe just books or movies we like. A little mm. little prizes that l- give you a little peek into who we are, and it's something we can also talk about mm. on those Google Hangouts. So it can be kind of like your own little club. We'll, we'll send you food, even. No, we're not going to send you food. I'll, I'll go bad. Some people are international listeners. You know, packaged food. So some, okay. some with a long shelf life. We'll figure it out. Well, I'm not going to send you fresh cookies. No, we're not going to send you fresh cookies. It won't be fresh. <laughs> uh, but and that those those are mm. some of your many many options and some people have already subscribed right away god we appreciate that it's really really encouraging um but uh yeah we want to move on to the show proper now but we want to make sure you knew what was available what you'd get and mm. that we are indeed already working on it we've already got a review of alien covenant up there mm, uh that's a video review again, we have again karate, just, just for patreon subscribers yeah, just for patreon subscribers we have a karate dog episode and just for patreon subscribers the poll mm. uh is up now to help us pick the next Cancel Too Soon monthly movie episode. Mm-hmm. Because actually our June is, is rather tightly scheduled at the moment. <laughs> we have a lot of stuff already planned. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that is our Patreon. Again, that's patreon.com slash cancel too soon. tpublic.com slash user slash cancel too soon. Or just go to tpublic, that's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C. Uh, yeah. And just search for the phrase cancel too soon. And, and you'll, should, find, you'll find our four you'll, you'll see our faces and they're really gross. The four that we have to date. <laughs> anyway, moving mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this week is uh, another audience request. This was our last official Twitter poll mm. for to help us pick an episode. And this time we wanted to, you guys to help us pick a pilot episode that didn't go anywhere. And there's mm. a lot of these. Some of them get released in some form or another. Some of them uh, just sort of worm their way onto the Internet somehow. Mm. Your options were, here are the three that you didn't pick. Cruel Intentions, the series, a.k.a. Manchester Prep. Mm-hmm. The Elvira Show, which was like Bewitched, but instead of uh, uh, Samantha, Bo- Samantha, yeah. it's Elvira, which, God, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> uh, Heil Honey, I'm Home, the show about uh, uh, Hitler and his wacky Jewish neighbors. Yeah, Hitler escaped the war and moved into sort of a suburban locale, and Hitler's the main character. Yeah, fun. And, and it's a sitcom, and it's funny. It's a comedy. And, and you guys didn't pick that? Instead, you picked L.A. Confidential. Like, okay, given the choices... I'd say you guys picked the boring one. <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. You picked the one However, that you picked the one that you'd heard of. You'd pick the one that you'd heard of. Also, it's nice that you picked it because LA Confidential, uh, based on the novel by James Elroy, happens to be one of our favorite movies. Both LA of our Co- favorite movies. It's one of the best movies uh, of the nineties, it's, it's one of the best so, modern noirs, one of the so, best cop movies so, ever. So great. Yeah. And uh LA Confidential the series uh, follows the James Elroy book more than it does the feature film. Not really. Not really? No, have you read them? 
No. I read LA Confidential and I read, right. I think I read Big Nowhere. Uh, and uh, no, they actually uh, really, really diverge, I think, even more than the movie did. Oh, I'm, uh, right. so Because the, the characters feel a lot more hard boiled in the series. Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. So, LA Confidential. Series. LA Confidential mm-hmm. was a incredibly successful Oscar winning movie. Came out in ninety six, ninety seven, ninety seven. It was it was up, write that down for some It was reason. nominated for Best Picture and it lost to Titanic. So you know, it was a tough year. It was a tough so year. Goodwill Hunting was also nominated uh, that year. It was uh, a big one. The Full Monty. <laughs> yes, and uh, as good as it gets. That's right. Yeah, those are all good films. That was a actually, good, a good yeah. year at the Academy. Like that's right. kind of those are all pretty good flicks. Right. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so L.A. Confidential was a big, big hit. There have been talk about uh, sequels. Indeed, uh, one of the prequels to L.A. Confidential, L.A. Confidential was a, a novel written by James Elroy. Mm-hmm. It's part of his L.A. Quartet, a series of four interconnected uh, crime novels that take place mm-hmm. throughout Los Angeles history from like the 40s to the 60s. Uh, it started off with Black Dahlia, mm-hmm. which eventually became a movie directed by Brian De Palma. But and it's it, not but, a particularly good movie, though. Uh, no, it's not. Um, yeah. The Black Dahlia, however, like showed up everywhere. They're like, mm. I think there are like, a couple TV movies about the Black Dahlia. It's one of it's, the most notorious unsolved yeah. crimes in Los Angeles history. Mm. Um, uh, then there was The Big Nowhere. Yep. And then there was L.A. Confidential. And then there was White Jazz. I've heard White Jazz. It's not good. <laughs> it's like up. that easy listening crap. Shut up. It's terrible. <laughs> um, LA Confidential was adapted into a feature film uh, from the recently departed director Curtis Hansen, mm-hmm. and also uh, was co-written by uh, Bra- quite easily his best movie. And and that's actually saying quite a bit. He made some really really good movies. He did mm-hmm. Wonder Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did uh, Eight Mile, which is a very uh, respectable film as well. Um, he did a lot of really cool kind of crime movies like The Hand That Rocks the Cradle and mm-hmm. The River Wild. He was a respectable filmmaker. Yeah. Um, and he co-wrote the screenplay with Brian Helgland. Uh, who has a weird career? If you go into his films, <laughs> he's got some really great and, and some, some real crap, really bad ones. Uh, and they took one of the most complicated crime books I've ever read mm. and adapted the hell out of it to the extent that it's incredibly faithful and it changes a lot to make it work as a movie. Mm. Many of the most prominent elements of that movie that everyone remembers, like Rolo Tomasi. The, the guy who uh, killed Ed Exley's father, and mm. Ed Exley gave him a fake name so, the, so that he had some personality, and then that name ends up being a super important plot point. Not only is Rolo Tomasi not in Ellie Confidential, the book, but Ed Exley's father is alive in the book. <laughs> like, it's a big deal. It, it was trying to give Ed Exley... Uh, the question eventually comes up through all of the corruption that's going on throughout L.A. Confidential, why the three main characters decided to become cops. Yeah. And Ed Exley gives this long, long story about, you know, mm-hmm. his Rolo father was killed in line of killed duty. And he need, needed closure, so he invented Rolo Tomasi. That's who he's, yeah. who's he's after. Yeah. That story is followed up by another one of the best lines in the movie. It's like, that's why I became a cop. And he turns to Jack Vincennes, who's played by Kevin Spacey, who's more interested in fame and getting money from TV shows than he is about being a cop. It's like, why did you become a cop, Jack Vincennes? Jack Vincennes just very earnestly looks him in the eye and says, I don't remember. And you can tell he's thinking about it, too. Like, I'm actually trying to think, and I genuinely don't remember. I don't remember, remember why he's I wanted to be a cop. He's not being glib. He's not being cynical. He has no idea. Um yeah. Very, very telling of the. Oh, God, yeah. I love that movie so it's much. Fantastic. It has one of the best casts mm. in any movie. It's got uh, uh, Guy Pierce, Russell Crowe, before Russell Crowe was anybody, mm. uh, Danny DeVito, yeah. James Cromwell. Mm. Uh, we already talked D- about Kevin David, Spacey. David Strathairn is yeah. in it. Kim Basinger uh, won an Academy Award, and justifiably so. Mm. Um, holy crap. 
<laughs> one of the best movies ever. And it's all about the, cops in 1950s Los Angeles. Yeah. There are some real life incidents that are interwoven into the story to give it, yeah, it uh, some realistic flavor. The uh, the inciting incident for the book and the movie and the series. Uh, well, I guess no, it's not it's not, a, not in the no. series, but the book and the movie is the apprehension of Mickey Cohen, a real life gangster, mm-hmm. and uh, Mickey Cohen is in prison, and as in real life. A lot of local gangsters were rushing in to fill the void that he he left. Mickey Cohen was the crime boss of Los Angeles, and when he left, there was a void. Mm. And people were like, oh, who's going to be in charge now? And crime is sort of running rampant. No one's really Mm. in control of anything. It's very chaotic. Meanwhile, the, the cops are trying to put out these new initiatives that make the LAPD look kind of clean and wholesome, like they're the the enforcers of the city. But they're constantly getting caught in scandals because the cops are are really, really, really corrupt. Yes, and then there are different levels of corruption. Mm-hmm. There's uh, simply, oh, they gave me a couple of bucks if I not only arrested this guy, but did it here so to be a good photo op. Mm-hmm. Then there's, well, you're going to beat a confession out of him? And then like Guy Pierce says, no, I'd never do that. And the chief of police says, then don't be detective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what is expected of you. <laughs> like, it's different levels of huge rampant mm-hmm. corruption. And it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of, you look at Kiss Kiss, bang bang mm. bunch of detectives investigating similar things and our case is the same case but la confidential is that like 50 different ways like you can't like you <laughs> like can't that, play angry birds and watch la confidential like you know if you is, miss you a have line, to watch it a couple times actually to really really follow so but even if you don't follow every detail it moves it's exciting it's yeah, dramatic the yeah. characters even if the plot is complicated the characters are clear the characters and, are and clear, you, and, and you in fact, understand the through line. Even if you don't get the plot, it is such a strong character piece that it could function just as well as a character piece as a really great just sort of crime drama. It's so, so bizarre that only Kim Basinger got an Academy Award nomination know, for they, acting because everyone's amazing in this. If, if they could somehow split one Oscar between the three leads, that would have worked just like, fine. Like best lead um, actor should have been Kevin Spacey, Guy Pierce, and Russell Crowe, Crow. and then supporting actor should have had James Cromwell and Danny DeVito. <laughs> like it really should. have. So, yeah, uh, the, the three lead characters: Ed Exley played by Guy Pierce is the uh, in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's sort of like the straight-laced one who's trying to do this as clean as possible and is struggling because everything's so corrupt. But he's also an attention whore. Like he really yeah, he, he wants all the credit. He wants all the credit, and you can see that sort of insidiously working on him, even if he mm-hmm. he's kind of embarrassed when it's brought to his. That attention. will be his downfall someday. You yeah. Can tell. Um, there is uh, Jack Vincennes, played by Kevin Spacey in the movie, uh, who is. He is the fame whore. He's openly the fame whore. He yeah. works as an, a consultant on a dragnet-like show called Badge of Honor. And he only does arrests that will get him photo ops, essentially. Mm-hmm. And and he's tipped off his sort of uh, connection to the criminal world as this really sleazy reporter uh, named Sid Hudgens, played by Danny DeVito. And Danny yeah. DeVito gives him all of his leads... He gets all these pot busts. That's how he gets involved. And meanwhile, and then, and then there's Bud White, played by Russell Crowe, who, who is a, a thug. He's the thug. Yeah, he, he 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 works with his fists. He's not necessarily a terrible person per se. He definitely has he, a he good side to him. He operates out of rage most of the time. Yeah, and he even says, and I like that they actually included this in the TV pilot. Mm. He says he's not smart, and mm. in a conventional sense, he's not. He's not like Jack Vincennes and Ed Exley are both really intelligent people who think everything out. They're always moving several moves ahead. 
Bud isn't dumb, but he doesn't he doesn't plan. Yeah. He he's definitely has no thought for his mm-hmm. career. He just sort of works his way out of it as best he can. And when he finally does have to do some real detective work, turns out he's kind of surprisingly good at it. <laughs> and his his one bugaboo is uh, uh woman beaters. Which it he, should he be. Can, he cannot well no, no one can abide by them, but he in particular yeah. is enraged by men who, men who beat women. He goes out of his way. If someone even gets parole, mm. if they're a wife beater, he will no. park outside their house for a couple of days just to make sure. Yeah. Like, because he has a, a lot of personal trauma. Mm. So anyway, LA Confidential, if you haven't seen the movie, you should. If you haven't <laughs> read the book, you should. It's fantastic. And again, it's really, really different. Mm. Like, there's this amazing climactic shootout in the movie. That's the first scene in the book. <laughs> they move that completely. There's this entire subplot plot about Ed Exley's father working with it's a different name, but basically it's Walt Disney to create a theme park <laughs> called Dream of Dreamland. Also, Walt Disney has an illegitimate serial killer son for whom Walt Disney has made pornography. Wow. Like, it's weird. There's so much crazy I'm, shit I'm in it. I'm kind of glad they cut that out of the movie. It wouldn't have worked. It, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Work. The TV series, they might have been able to add yeah. that in, but it so was the, way too much. The plot of the movie, if I can sum it up in a single sentence, is these three detectives end up approaching from different angles a a gigantic crime scandal about who is trying to fill the shoes of Mickey Cohen via a pimp who is recruiting young women to get plastic surgery to look like prostitutes. No, no, to look like famous or, excuse, movie stars. Excuse me, to look like prostitutes to look like movie stars. Yeah, like Veronica uh, Lake or Marilyn Monroe or right, whatever. Right. Yeah, and uh, that that is where Kim Basinger comes in. She's one of those prostitutes, uh, and. Uh, there's also a, drug. A, there's a, also stolen drugs. A and, young young yeah. men who might be hustling politics. There's drugs involved. There's vice. It's it's a sprawling it's conspiracy. Very, it's a sprawling conspiracy, and okay. who, who who's corrupted. So the idea to turn LA Confidential into a series actually makes a lot of sense. There's so much material, mm. and there's so much Los Angeles history that you could focus on mm. in the midst of this huge canvas. That I'm actually kind of fine with the idea. And I think it's the sort of thing you could do now, probably very effectively. You could even start with Black Dahlia and work your way all the way up to White Jazz <laughs> as like an HBO series, and it'd be fucking fantastic. It would have last 16 years, and it'd be fantastic. LA Confidential, the pilot, was originally developed for HBO to be a 13-part miniseries in 1999. HBO decided not to pick it up, and they ended up developing the pilot for Fox instead, and Fox also decided not to pick it up. It was originally completed in the year 2000. It only aired on the cable station Trio, which had a thing for airing failed pilots, and God <laughs> bless them for that. They also aired Look Well, I believe, which we reviewed yeah, earlier yeah. on in this uh, podcast. So the LA Confidential officially aired on television on September 1st, 2003, but then it wasn't properly released in any official way until 2008 when it was a special feature on the special edition DVD and Blu-ray of L.A. Confidential, which is a gorgeous Blu-ray full of great special features. And uh, this is... A fun one. This is a fun special feature to include. Yeah. We ran into something like this when we reviewed Black Bart, which yeah, was, was available in, on the available on the uh, Blazing Saddles Blu-ray. Yeah, um, I yeah I like this that they're including these sort of failed pilots because yeah. it, it's definitely a chapter in like that's related to the movie. Uh, this pilot probably wouldn't have been made were it not for the success of the movie. It's not, oh, it definitely like, would. There's have. not somebody just reading James Elroy saying, "Hey, we should make these into into well, a miniseries." They were successful books. Mm. I mean, the, he's famous for a reason. James Elroy is an incredibly talented author. Mm. But uh, I suspect, yeah, no one would have gone... Because it's not just 
a cop show. It's a period piece cop show with a lot of different moving parts. Even though they change a lot for the pilot, they would not have done it the same way. Mm. This is not the sort of thing that usually got made in the early 2000s. Uh, It was directed, this pilot, by Eric Lanaville. Uh, who played Luther Hawkins on St. Elsewhere, and has had an incredibly long television directing career, mm-hmm. including episodes of St. Elsewhere, uh, episodes of Lost, The Ghost Whisperer. He did recently an episode of Legends of Tomorrow. He also directed a show uh, we really want to do soon, mm. Mantis. He did the pilot <laughs> episode of Mantis. Hooray. Um, Which it was, I thought was ineligible, but it turns out that was just one long season. Yeah. Uh, that happens a lot. Like Everyone's like, Briscoe Kenny Jr. couldn't possibly last in one season. No, it just was a really long season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was written by, this is kind of cool, Hmm. Waylon Green. Do you know Waylon Green? I don't know Waylon Green. Waylon Green wrote The Wild Bunch. Oh, no kidding. Not yeah, right. Waylon Green wrote The Wild Bunch. He wrote William Friedkin's Sorcerer. He oh, wrote for wow. Hill, He wrote for Hill Street Blues. He wrote Solar Babies. <laughs> he wrote RoboCop 2. He wrote Ooh. Eraser. He also wrote the pilot episode for another Cancel Too Soon pilot we want to do someday for Zero Effect, the series. Oh, oh so he was good at adapting uh, yeah. movies to TV. And he won enough. an Academy Award for Best Documentary Feature for co-directing a film called The Hellstrom Chronicle, which was basically huh. about could insects ever take over the world it beat the sorrow and the pity <laughs> for that for that academy award for best documentary feature wow. so this is good pedigree yeah. so, um, and, uh, and, and the cast you know is pretty solid too the cast is solid and you know it's really well written it's actually incredibly <laughs> well put together i have some issues uh, with for, its adaptation for something that is clearly meant to lead to more yes I'll uh, give you that. so uh this does involve our three main characters jack vincennes is now played by Kiefer Sutherland. And this was one year before he starred in 24. Mm. Well, I guess uh, uh, it was uh, released one year before he starred in 24. Kiefer yeah. Sutherland, mm. I think, would have made a better Bud White. <laughs> I think so, too. He's really... Kiefer Sutherland's had this weird career where I feel like for a long time we didn't know what to do with him. I think he was one of those actors who was too pretty for his own good early on in his career. Mm. And he's not the leading man pretty boy. You put him as a leading man pretty boy, he might be okay, but he's way more at home either playing someone weird, like in Dark City, where he's got this weird... (laughs) Like a a limp and a hunchback and a a weird eye. But you look at him in 24, he's tough, and he's cool, but Mm. he's dangerous. Mm. And I buy that he's dangerous. Like, he's he's a heavy who's been put in charge. Yeah, like, that that really is way better, you're right. That's Bud White. But he was the big big get. He was the big big actor that Mm. they got. Uh, So he's playing Jack Vincennes. And Jack Vincennes, again, in the movie... He was already, like, really far down this rabbit hole of fame, and in the TV show, they decided to knock him back a few story point, uh, plot points, so he's a cop who accidentally killed uh, a civilian, yeah, and is now racked by guilt, and is trying to take care of the family, and is trying to raise money on the side in order to assuage his guilty conscience. So he's really not Jack Vincennes as we know him yet. Not yet, like, but you can see that they're kind of setting him up, and yeah. I don't... Because I know the character from the movie so well, I don't like that we're seeing that sort of origin story because it gives him a little bit too much pathos. Mm-hmm. We we need that pathos to be introduced later once we're kind of charmed by him up front. And it also kind of makes his journey a foregone conclusion, which it already yeah, is, yeah. but if you think about it. Uh, Detective Ed Exley is played by David Conrad, and this mm-hmm. one's weird because in the movie and in the book, he's still new. Like, he's still pretty fresh-faced. Mm-hmm. Um, he's working to be a detective, but he hasn't been on the force that long. And in the mo- in the in the TV series, he's being put in charge of the first ever internal affairs division at the LAPD, meaning he's actually like 
a big deal, had a lot of experience. And we discover in the show, in which his father is alive and a decorated former police officer, that he's been kind of he's he's there's some nepotism here and how he got the gig. But that's a really different position for him to be in. This is a lot like X-Men First Class. It's Mm -hmm. like we're we're getting an alternate version origin story of younger versions of the characters. Yeah, but not that much younger, though. It's only like a couple of years away. I think technically they're the same age, but we're, like you said, we're kind of scaling them back chronologically in terms of where their story is. But actually they're scaling forward. He has more responsibility. He's a bigger wheel in the industry. uh, They're also, I think they're doing that for reasons of shorthand. Mm. Because in the movie, he's just starting to discover some corruption he's just starting to get involved and rather than have him slowly discover corruption and take the role of uncovering it they're just putting him as an ia officer and like skipping to the point where he already has the relationships with the other cops and he's kind of on the outs with the rest of the police force and has this now goal in mind well and i think also, and i think that and i think that's okay if you're gonna sort of skip a little bit i think also i get the impression that when waylon green saw the movie mm-hmm. And I guess eventually read the book, although it really diverges quite a bit from the book. Um, he saw Ed Exley and he said his prime character trait is that he's a goody two-shoes. Yeah, and yeah. IA makes sense. And I understand yeah. IA is also going to give him an opportunity to sort of uh, be in conflict with the other characters mm-hmm. more just sort of by his nature. And then uh, we have Officer Bud White, played by uh, Josh Hopkins of Cougartown, Quantico, Swingtown, Vanished, Pepper Dennis. Um and uh, who's he's, an okay Bud White, and he's a he's, he's, a, he's just okay, and he's a beat cop like in a uniform. In, yeah, in this version of yeah, things. he's actually like the lowest down of the totem pole, and we see him, um, you know, use unnecessary force, mm-hmm. actually, arguably necessary force, in a very heated situation, and then we see. Uh, the chief of police recruit him to be on his goon squad. I forgot to Which mention is what happens in the movie. James Cromwell yeah. wants to beat up potential uh, gangsters in Los Angeles, and he uses yeah, yeah. like his, his his goon. I forgot to mention Ed Exley is played by actor David Conrad on from the uh, Cancel Too Soon shows Relativity and the reboot of the Time Tunnel. You may also remember him from Boston Public and Agents of Shield. The reboot of the Time Tunnel. Uh, Jesus. The the show like the movie is actually narrated by. Sid Hudgens, mm-hmm. the editor-in-chief and lead reporter for Hush Hush Magazine, which is the big tabloid. Which is based very clearly on Confidential Magazine, which is what the, the whole yeah. story was uh, named after. Exactly. And Sid Hudgens, again, in the movie, Danny DeVito. Mm-hmm. In the show, great character actor Pruitt uh, Taylor Vince. He, he, of, he of the shifty eyes. Yeah. Pruitt Taylor Vince, you know him from movies like uh, Heavy. He won an Emmy Award for his great run on Murder One. He had a really notable episode of The X-Files. Yep. You remember that one? He was on Deadwood. He was in Heroes Reborn, The Mentalist, Touching Evil, another show we're going to do in Cancel Soon at some point. And he was the serial killer in Identity, if you remember oh, that right. thriller. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. a fun one. Um, let's see. Uh, other notable actors include uh, Pierce Padgett, originally played by David Strathairn. Mm. The sort of wispy rich Hollywood socialite who is also running um, call girls who are, again, plastic surgery, cut to look like movie stars in the movie played by David Strathairn. In the show, Eric Roberts. The ubiquitous Eric Roberts. And I I appreciate the casting of Eric Roberts because, again, this this show is all about shorthand. Mm-hmm. You can't build... Like, Stephen, David Strathairn is kind of... He plays the part as a little bit smarmy, and you don't really know how sleazy he is until later. Yeah. You cast someone like Eric Roberts, you know how sleazy he is right away. <laughs> I saw Star Rating. Like, I got the gist of it. <laughs> um, other notable roles uh, Melissa George plays Lynn Bracken. The you were really excited. Role. 
about uh, Melissa George. Because, you must be a big fan. Uh, well, I had such a burning crush on Melissa George. Uh, <laughs> she she played that really pretty prostitute in Dark City, to mention it again. Oh yeah, um, and just. She showed, anytime she showed up, I was just dazzled. Yeah. And she's dazzling here. She's good. She's good. Uh, a character who I suspect we were only going to see once in the pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a drug dealer that Jack Vincennes, Kiefer Sutherland's character, uh, sort of, you know, prods for information. It's played by Anna Gunn, who would eventually win Emmy Awards for a performance on Breaking Bad oh, as nice. Mrs. Okay. White. Uh, and uh, lastly, and I could not for the life of me confirm mm-hmm. who plays the character, but Marilyn Monroe pops up. Yeah, and we don't get a good look at her face because I think they're trying to hide the fact that the actress doesn't look exactly like Marilyn Monroe. Mm. But I'm not 100 percent certain. But I think she was played by Kristen Bauer Van Stratton, who you may recall mm. as Pam from the show True Blood. She's also mm. Maleficent on the show Once Upon a Time. I'm uh, not 100 percent sure okay. about that, but it looked and sounded like her. I think it might have been. It's they, there's no they, credits on the show. They it was the presentation could have done much better in casting Marilyn Monroe. Perhaps uh, she sounds the part, but she does not look the part. Well, at I all. think it's why they cut away from it. Yeah, a lot. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so the pilot episode. Uh, it, it takes a lot of plot points from the movie, and I mean it is. Yeah. It's ba- it's based on a book, and the the movie's also based on the same book. So. They're not sort of expanding the LA Confidential universe. They're they're just following the story, just a little. And they're, since this yeah. was intended to be a miniseries, they kind of have to follow the same beats because they're. I'm actually not the same characters are going to go through the same. I'm not 100 percent sure the show was intended to be a miniseries anymore. I know it was originally developed as a miniseries, oh, but by the okay. time it got to Fox, I suspect they were trying to go series. Okay, all right. So uh, again, so the basic idea is the show kicks off with Jack Vincennes shooting a guy in the line of duty, and they decide to frame the guy mm. who was just happened to be there. Jack shot the wrong guy. They just drop a gun next to him and said, and he shot Jack Vincennes for some reason. Mm. And uh, the guy had nothing to do with him. Jack Vincennes feels terrible. He decides uh, to start uh, giving money to the dude's widow and child, and then they're losing the house. So he's got to find a way to make more money, and that ends up uh, putting him in the crosshairs of Sid Hudgens, who's looking for a guy on the police force mm. to help him get Good so stories and good how, crazy scoops. How their relationship first originally yeah, to formed. arrest uh, Robert Mitchum for him. Uh, as much as I love LA Confidential, I've always felt Danny DeVito was miscast. Mm. He's a little too affable and a little too comfortable, and he doesn't. Uh, you sort think of, he doesn't? He doesn't come apart, come across to me as sort of this hard boiled detective or a hard boiled reporter type. Well, uh, and I think that's trying how to he, get scandal out of it. I think that's how he gets away with it. I think if Maybe he was so, it, as sleazy like, as he could be, then he wouldn't have an in with all of these people. The fact that he can sort of talk the talk while yeah. walking a completely different walk gets yeah, him his story. He, he was never fully convinced. There's a line of dialogue in the movie where. Uh, Jack Vincennes says to Danny DeVito, "Is like, how is it hanging?" He says, "Down around my ankles." He can't. Danny DeVito is too funny and too charming to sell a line like that. Mm. He's a good actor. I okay. actually really like Danny DeVito, but I think he's mis- miscast. Pruitt Taylor Vince is a perfect Sid Hudgens. He's great. He's this big sort of fat, grizzled dude who's a little bit rumpled and his hat doesn't quite fit. But he does talk the talk. He knows how this operates. I buy he's a the... little bit repellent in yeah, a way. He and plays, has nothing yeah. to do with his looks. I want to make this clear because even though he's no, got... This is he's how often, he plays it. He's yeah. often cast as a guy, mm. as, as sleazy guys. But he's just really, really good at playing this. Like, I buy that Pruitt Taylor Vince in this movie, mm. like, wakes up covered in beer cans <laughs> and then just walks over to his typewriter and makes up a hit piece. Or, you know, like, he, he brushes the, the, the cigarette butts off of his face. He stands up. The phone rings. He's, like, really tired. He picks it up, but he's on. Yeah, this is Sid Hudgens. What's up? 
Pruitt Taylor Vince is perfect in this role. I think he would have made the movie better. Eh, possibly. He's really, really good. He's, a, he's one of our more underappreciated actors just in general. Yeah, I always love for him. sure. I, he's one of those character actors where you see him in a movie or a TV show and you're like, this scene is going to go great. <laughs> Pruitt Taylor Vince has got our back on this one, everybody. Uh, Pruitt Taylor Vince is going to do the heavy lifting. It's going to be awesome. Um, okay. Meanwhile, Ed Exley is putting together IA. He's yeah. trying to stop police corruption and he's kind of henpecking it. Like, oh, this one cop got a scarf for free off of a street vendor. Well, I'm going to nail him. Yeah. And everyone in like the locker room just starts throwing jock straps at him. And that's it. And it's just like, yeah, that's a shitty, that's, that's not what we want. That's, yeah. not the, that's not the important thing. And so he wants a bigger yeah. case. And so his father ends up getting him a bigger case in which Marilyn Monroe is being blackmailed. Someone has what looks like a, a, a por- porno, por- movie porno movie yeah. starring Marilyn Monroe. And w- you can tell early on, if you know The Confidential, it's probably one of, one of, of Pierce Patchett's prostitutes. Exactly. Yeah. But it looks terrible, and it could potentially ruin her career. Mm. And they don't come right out and say it, but the implication is that she's being blackmailed so that she'll have sex with police officers, which mm. is really scuzzy. I mean, it's horrifying and monstrous, but like, and it's Marilyn Monroe. It's horrifying that they're doing that to the memory of Marilyn Monroe, but it's it's, it's, it's never a hell of a plot point. It, it's it, that Marilyn Monroe is being blackmailed, and you know, you can tell that this was sort of setting up that they're going to have real 50s celebrities yeah. show up on the show from time to time. And if you know anything about like 1950s celebrity culture, there was crime so much. Oh, yes, there was. Murders um, and cover-ups and kidnappings and it's crazy. A, a big problem with with do well with uh sort of the casting in this is that one of the conceits is that there's all these prostitutes that look like movie stars. They don't all look like movie Lynn stars. Lynn Bracken was meant to look like Veronica Lake. Kim Basinger with that hairdo, I can squint and I see Veronica Lake. It's a bit. I always thought it was a bit of a stretch, but they sold it pretty well. They, they sold it well enough. Yeah. Um, the Lana Turner scene is one of the best in the whole movie. I'm not going to ruin it. <laughs> oh, no, the Lana Turner scene is perfect. The Lana Turner scene uh, is brilliant. Yeah. By casting Melissa George, you, you have this like pretty modern looking woman with kind of a modern hairdo. She has almost this Doris Day haircut. It's very. In, in it's a series. short haircut, and granted, women have um, that haircut. Women but have like, that haircut, it's but I'm not wondering common. what then are we trying to say with the casting of Melissa George? Who is she supposed to look like? One of the alluring things about Lynn Bracken is that she does look like a movie star, a very specific movie star, and she's very connected to this fabric of fame around this scandal. Yeah. And it kind of folds into the whole myth of Los Angeles. Melissa George doesn't have that. Not really. They don't say who she's supposed to look like. I suspect she doesn't carry herself like this mysterious femme fatale. She's just this pretty spunky woman in a nice dress who walks into a room and commands attention because she's beautiful. Well, she gets off of the bus. She's mm. here in Los Angeles yeah. in this in this one because so we, we s- find out she in the in the book and in the mm. movie she came to Los Angeles like many person before her to become an actor and then she ended up not doing that and actually ended up doing something uh, really uh, uh, mm. didn't make her happy uh, and it, here we see is, her get off of the bus and the see her bu- on that path when so we, she hasn't taken on the persona that mm. will uh, one day work for her when, as when a Veronica we, Lake lookalike. With the other characters, I kind of see, like, scaling them back. Try, like, Jack Vincennes is kind of ruined by seeing his origin story, and yeah, I think Lynn Bracken is especially ruined because she doesn't have the mist, and she's not lending anything to the tone of the series. It's kind of she's a conventional... Just another character who's being thrown into this mess. It's another conventional... not affecting any of the drama. It's a conventional Hollywood tragedy, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's just, oh, isn't it sad? 
Well, yes. What else you got? LA Confidential, the series? When we got Ed Exley, when we got Sid Hudgens, and we got Bud White, kind Mm -hmm. of seeing them beforehand kind of does flesh them out a little bit. But Mm. by seeing the origins of those other two characters is really kind of deteriorating from the strength of the story. And and Bud White, they just make Bud White Bud White. Like, there's really no direction for him other than the direction (laughs) he had in the movie. We see him. He's a a beat cop. There is some sort of hostage situation going on uh, at a... You know, pretty standard run-of-the-mill house. Mm. A bunch of criminals are in there. We don't know the full story, but the cops are out there asking them to come out. They've got a family hostage. Bud White breaks into the house, has these really cheesy camera zoom-in on face, mm. black-and-white flashbacks of traumatic childhood. Yeah. Oh, that's why I'm going to beat this guy up, and then he does. Mm. Um, you know, <sighs> you know, I, I've, I've made complaints before about how, how the way a lot of the later Harry Potter movies operate. Sure. And how the drama, the films are essentially just shorthand for the books. Basically. Uh, everything you know from the books is only being dramatized rather than being made into something that's really cinematic. It's not paced well. There's mm-hmm. the, the events are just sort of being laid out in a litany rather than I, being made into feature films. When it comes to the last films in the series, I'll actually totally agree and with you on that. What, whatever you feel about the books is just being reinforced and what you know about the books uh, is necessary to understand the action in the movies. And I feel that a lot of that is happening in this pilot for LA Confidential. Mm-hmm. I think it's really strongly put together. I like a lot of the characters still. I think they're still being dramatized well. I like the writing. But I feel like your knowledge of what they're going to become is informing a little bit too much of the actual action yeah. to really make it stand on its own. What what kind of pisses uh, me off locomotion. What kind of pisses me off about this pilot? I mean pisses me off. Okay. Uh is how perfunctory it feels. There's no like there's yeah. there's competence yeah, yeah. but there's no style or grace. Mm. And even like people who give really good performances like I I think you're right. Bruce Taylor Vince is at least as good if not better than Danny DeVito here. Mm. Um, and I think some of the other actors do a very capable job with their roles as well. Kiefer Sutherland is playing the part he's been given, but the part has been mishandled. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's just shot like any cop show. <laughs> uh, it's edited like any cop show. It, the muse, it helps a little bit that they have a little bit of music and Sid Hudgens like narration to sort of punch up mm-hmm. like the bits in between. So they'll show like a really standard cop scene. Oh no, someone's been shot. And then, Sid Hudgens is giving his speech. Los Angeles, the place of dreams. <laughs> and then like, okay, see, that's a good little tonal shift there. That actually plays. Uh-huh. But yeah, there's nothing really keeping this distinctive other than its period setting and the fact that we know it's LA Confidential. Mm. And the fact that we know it's LA Confidential means we know it should be better than this. <laughs> it's actually it's, really, really frustrating. It's, it's really, it's a, a watered down version of mm. a really great movie. If you can hear uh, that, there's no static on your uh, uh, iPod, everybody. There's just, we're making tea. <laughs> making delicious tea. That is a boiling teapot you're hearing. Mm. Yeah, Would you like some tea, audience? Per, the, the perfunctory thing is really what kind of nagged at me a little bit. And yeah. I think because I liked the movie so much, and because I knew where it was going, and because I felt like this is just, it's not a two-hour pilot, it's just 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. I think if this had been a two-hour pilot, and they kind of came to conclusions and set mm-hmm. up all the pieces by the end. Mm-hmm. Felt, felt a little it, bit more complete. If it felt complete. Sort Dangling of pilot, threads to keep going. Exactly. But it feels uh, a complete story. I, th- I feel like that's what we were going to get in episode two. And mm. By following through on that momentum that they set up in episode one, then we would have had a complete pilot, and we would mm-hmm. have set up the action for a really good LA Confidential series. Potentially. Potentially. I feel like I was watching something that was incomplete, maybe by design. 
And so well, I was a yeah, little bit they more, wanna, they wanted I was a little bit more so the, tolerant of a lot of its perfunctory aspects, but you're totally right. It does feel perfunctory. And I think, and I think again, you know, this is a pilot. They're mm-hmm. trying to encourage a network to make more. Mm-hmm. You want the network executives watching this pilot to go, ooh, I wonder what happens next. <laughs> and it ends on a big cliffhanger. So it all culminates. All of the detectives, actually, no, Ed Exley isn't there. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jackson Sands and Bud White are both at a Pierce Patchett party. Mm-hmm. Bud White is working on the side as security, something cops often do. Uh, and Jack Vincennes has followed a lead there. He's been following a, a particular uh, kind of heroine, and it's led him into uh, to follow call girls. Mm-hmm. And he's followed a young girl who is living near Lynn Bracken. I think she's like a roommate or a neighbor in the same building. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's going to a Pierce Patchett party. She's working as a prostitute. Looks like she might be doing some pornography on the side. And she gets involved at the party with some guys who are doing heroin. Mm. Bud White and Lynn Bracken meet, have a little bit of chemistry, and then uh, that's that. And at the end, Jack Vincennes realizes that the girl he followed there is missing. And then we see in this really awkwardly filmed sequence her in the desert being attacked by goons. Yeah. We don't know what's up, just goons. It's a a little too mysterious for its own good. It's almost a little bit like... Twin Peaks all of a sudden like mm. it's trying to be a little too a little too cocky with its style because it's not that show I, I would say it, it would be doing that but this was like you know 15 years after Twin Peaks so. I know I'm just saying that's that's I've been watching a lot of Twin Peaks lately so it's just like that's, okay. kind, of, that's kind of the vibe yeah. Um, and um, yeah that's about it there's a little bit more of a subplot with Ed and his father and how he's trying to like live mm. up to his father's legacy uh, we find out Ed is engaged or just dating a socialite um, right, right, right. Which is yeah, something he didn't have in the in the movie, but it doesn't really go anywhere. Well, you said you in, the, in the book he has a wife, yeah? No. Oh, okay. No, something I don't think so. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he might have What, what do you want to bet she dies and that's part of his motivation? Yeah, probably. Um, and, yeah, that's basically it. It's a cop show that didn't get to go anywhere. Mm. Basically that. I, you know a little bit where it's going because it's Deadly Confidential. But it's frustrating because this is Ellie Confidential, the series. Man, that sounds cool, right? If HBO announced that now, mm. you would be so into that. You'd be super <laughs> excited about the potential oh. for this series. And yet, when you watch the 2000 version, it's just sort of, huh. Well, they tried. <laughs> I, I don't think it's a complete wash. Hmm. And uh, like I said, I think this is part of a pilot that would have done well. The problem is they didn't get a chance to do a whole pilot. It, it feels like they, they, they weren't able to set... I mean, the world of LA Confidential is so complicated. Mm-hmm. And the story of just the, the book and the movie are so complex. And there's so many angles that it's difficult to set up all of that in a, just a single 45-minute episode. Yeah. I mean, you either do 45 minutes of the movie where you just steam ahead or... You you do it a little bit more slowly. You set up maybe one character. You set up just Jack Vincent, Jack yeah. Vincent, and Ed Exley and Bud White are just supporting characters so far. And, and then we don't you see build a lot of them. later. Yeah, yeah. Um, Each episode follows one character first and foremost. It might have been to, to might have been more focused to do all of that in forty five minutes. They spread themselves thin. You either need more time to do a full pilot, a full two hour pilot, or you do less. They did right at, right up the middle, and it's sloppy, a little bit sloppy as a result. Well, it's just a sloppy uh, show. Like, I'm sorry, there's just, I, I mean it, there's nothing refined about this. Mm. It really does feel like maybe they had a good screenplay, maybe they didn't. Again, I don't necessarily like 
some of the changes that they made. I think you're right. I think Jack Vincennes is mishandled. Mm. Um, I think Ed Exley isn't particularly interestingly presented in this current form. Oh, I, th- I thought it was fine. And, and Bud White is fine, but I honestly just didn't care for the actor's performance. It just didn't mm. seem like there was. I mean, I realize Bud White is a is a very brutish character in a lot of ways, but. I mean, granted, it's a high standard, but Russell Crowe brought a little nuance to it, and this actor did not. <laughs> well, I, I think just sort of having him be a big dummy, it, yeah, it's, but a, new, it's a new angle on the character. But, that, again, but that's, that's not fine. necessarily, that, but that's not to use an old film critic chestnut. That's not compelling. <laughs> it's just a, a person to add mm. to it. If you're going to ask me to follow this character throughout an entire series, I want something to latch on to other than, well, he had a black and white uh, uh, flashback childhood. Sure. Okay. What you need need with LA Confidential is three 45-minute pilots, one for each of the main characters. Wouldn't be bad. No, just to, just set them up, and Dude, then you have a proper pilot where they start this. interacting. Imagine this. Hmm. Uh, three 45-minute pilots for each of the characters, and they're all taking place at the same time. There you go. They're all yeah. overlapping. That's really fucking ambitious, and there was no fucking way Fox was going to do that no. in the year 2000. Maybe But not. that would have been cool as fuck. <laughs> that would have been really, really interesting. So I, I feel like... It, like I said, it's not a complete wash. I think there's something mm-hmm. they could have done with it. I wish I could have seen episode two just to see if they can complete this or if they're just going to continue staggering. Yeah. And uh, I feel like they were staggering onto their feet. Okay. Uh, which means, when it's- I ask the question, was it canceled too soon? I'm going to say no because I want to see at least one more. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm actually going to say uh, it was... It, or, you're going to say, say yes, yeah, it was yeah, canceled Yes, it was canceled too soon. I'm going to say no, it was not canceled too soon. Okay. Um, again, this is not an incompetent pilot, mm. but it's not a very interesting one. I think it's a, it's a whole bunch of missed opportunities. Mm. I like the idea of turning LA Confidential into a series. I don't like this version of it. <laughs> um, I don't hate it. It doesn't... Uh-huh. It, I, I'm not annoyed, but I'm not terribly interested I don't necessarily care about where everything in it is going. Mm. Um, even though I, we know, we know. Even though we look, imagine. Well, imagine for a second. Imagine for a second that you have no knowledge of *Ellie Confidential*, the movie or the book, mm. and you just saw this. Would you really be that excited about it? No, no. Not, That's not, what not, I mean. Not what I. Not what I saw in the forty-five. That's what I mean. That I like, there's it. just nothing that, in, that that captivating about mm. it. And I don't trust that the people who think this is the best foot forward mm. are going to give us another good foot. <laughs> like I'm not. I'm not terribly interested. It's possible if the series went on that it could find its footing and get more interesting. But when you have some of the richest material imaginable for a cop show, mm. and this is your version of it, I'm, I'm not digging it. And I totally get right. why it didn't uh, come go back. I get why you made the pilot. Mm. I totally would not have gone forward with it. I, mm. I think this one's fine. I think this is. Yeah, like it's that. a novelty. I'm glad it's on the DVD. And if you're interested. Yeah, it's not a waste of time. You might have a decent enough time watching it. Mm. Certainly certainly odd to see different versions of the characters. <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't think this, this needs to go uh, to okay. series. That's on me. That's my <laughs> take. Yeah, like, like I said, I, I feel like once they finished the pilot, mm. <laughs> maybe we would have had something. So I want to see them at least finish the pilot. So uh, again... Cancel too soon. Uh, we just did LA Confidential. You can watch that for yourself. If you want to share your thoughts about LA Confidential, you can email us. Mm-hmm. Our email is canceled too soon. Mm-hmm. Cancel with one L at gmail.com. You can also send us your uh, suggestions for shows that we, we're always adding stuff to the list. The list is enormous. It will take us many years to get through it at this rate. Mm-hmm. And literally this last season with a whole bunch of stuff that recently got canceled, there's like half a year's worth of material right there. D- just in one season. Just this one yeah. season. We'll never be able to stop doing the show. Mm-hmm. We'll doing this until the day we die. 
Uh, but uh, again, we do listen. We do always add to the list. And if a lot of people request a certain show, we try to get to it sooner than mm-hmm. later. Um, so, and we also, uh, if you want to watch that show on the DVD, you want to share with us your thoughts, mm-hmm. we'll listen to that too. Do we have any letters to get uh, through? We do. Uh, this one comes from uh, Dr. Doug Mann. Ooh. He gave us his whole whole name and title. Okay. Uh, he says, hi, William Mooney. I discovered your podcast while looking for info on The Warlord. Ha! <laughs> Uh, which I stumbled nice. upon on YouTube. I greatly enjoyed it, especially when you cover quickly aborted sci-fi series like the Osiris Chronicles that I knew I was that I knew nothing about. From time to time, I teach a course on science fiction television here in Western in London, Ontario. Oh, cool! Though I'd never used the Osiris Chronicles. <laughs> a few suggestions: Firefly, an obvious pick. Um, well, well, we didn't we'll, talk about that. We'll do it. Well, we will if. Win. Yeah, we didn't mention this. On our Patreon mm. account, if mm. you want to subscribe to us on Patreon, we have decided mm. that since we have so many people who want us to do Firefly, and a few people who don't, mm. but most people have asked us to do Firefly. And we've always said, well, it some had people, a movie. Some people have requested that we, specifically that we do not do Firefly. Most but, people yeah. request that we do it. Uh. Uh, and we've always said, no, it had a movie, it had a second shot. Mm. But so many people have requested it, we decided to make it a goal on our Patreon. If 250 people uh. subscribe to us on Patreon at any tier... <laughs> throughout all three tiers all five dollars is fine mm-hmm. uh we'll do firefly not only will we do firefly we'll do one episode of the show per episode of firefly including the movie mm-hmm. and we'll see what we can do about getting some special guests on there because we know people who know people so mm-hmm. we might someday do firefly but you have to subscribe on patreon mm-hmm. and you have to tell your friends to subscribe on patreon mm-hmm. because them's the rules yeah firefly created by uh, josh wheaton Shut Will, up. Will Wheaton's brother. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, number two, he wants us to do Odyssey 5, a very good science fiction story start, series starring Peter Weller made in Toronto. Uh, that um, was, in my view, was canceled too soon. I think I, that was only one I think season? that is on our li- I think that's on our list already. It I think be. it's on our list already. Okay. Uh, three, I've been trying to track down the name of this series. Okay. That aired for a few episodes on local Canadian TV affiliate roughly between 2005 and 2010. All I remember was that it was about a series of hip young hackers who solved crimes from their computer screens aided by a couple of federal agents. I think they were caught hacking and the crime solving was part of their sentence. The only one I can find that's even close is Level 9 on UPN in 2000. I was just about to say I thought it was Level 9. Level 9, okay. But the time doesn't seem right, and I have a strong memory that I was sure the series was made in Canada. I think I recognized one or two actors in it. It had... Medium production values. I remember thinking this won't last, and that the premise was silly, though not on a manimal level. <laughs> oh well, what's on a manimal right, level? Well, we're really? gonna we're gonna send it out. We have a lot of our um, listeners are that sounds cute. a lot like Scorpion, but that's but really new. That's a new one, and he would yeah. know that because it's on TV right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone knows that, mm-hmm. it's a Canadian hacker series, and it's not level nine apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've which we've had requests to do, and we'll probably do that at some point in the near future. Mm-hmm. Uh, let us know. Email us cancelled too soon at gmail.com. You can also tweet us if that's easier for you. We're at cancelcast. Let us know what you think it is and we'll try to track this down because we've had some pretty good luck with this before. Mm-hmm. A lot of our listeners really know their old TV <laughs> and uh, bless them for George it. George White. George White in particular. <laughs> George White's already on the case. Yeah, George White's yeah. already typing something up, I'm sure. We love you, George. I don't know this one, but here are eight obscure Irish series that <laughs> resemble it very closely. He'll George, you're, you kick ass. We love you. You, you do kick ass. Uh, this All one right. comes from Juan. Uh, hello, hello. Hello, Bibbs and Whitney. Hello. I was listening to the Doubt episode, and I'm curious. Hmm. Why can't Catherine Heigl catch a break? Seems like she is the go-to actress for bad movies and TV. At the time of this email, I've not listened to the B-Movies podcast from Once You Hail for a review on her movie, Unforgettable. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'll I'll tell you right now, it wasn't bad. 
Okay. We he really said, you'd think it would be terrible. It's actually not says, bad. She's really good in that. Uh, he says bet it scores low. Well, yeah, surprisingly okay. Yeah. Anyway, I also wanted to check to see to see if the pilot for Aquaman was on your list. We are gonna uh, do I'll the, tell you right now. The pilot starred Justin Hartley and Lou yeah. Diamond Phillips and was supposed to take off in the same way Smallville did or, mm. as, or as high as any CW I show. It was originally called out. Mercy Reef and then was eventually released Mercy. on a DVD somewhere called Aquaman. Mm. Uh we're gonna do when Justice League comes out, we're gonna do a whole bunch of superhero shows and I mm. think uh, we're gonna do the uh, really awful failed pilot for the live action Justice League sh- uh, show mm-hmm. in the 90s and we also want to do Mercy Reef and we got a couple other ideas we're mm-hmm. gonna do as well so uh, we'll get to that one we promise that's mm-hmm. definitely on the that's definitely on the schedule okay but it'll probably be later in the year okay uh, one more sure okay uh, this one comes from Paul hi Paul uh Okay, uh, he think. Oh, he gives us the three best, which was something. Uh, uh, oh, it was for the votes. Of votes, yeah. Uh, the best canceled too soon shows, whether you liked them or not. Okay, just the best shows. Uh, mm-hmm. Vinyl, hands down, from the perspective of an East Coast ex junkie punk rocker, nothing could be better. Fair enough. Uh, he, actually, he was talking a lot about vinyl and how much he loved it because it was so accurate because he resembled the main character a lot. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, so fair enough. We he, we didn't care for as much as you, but I totally uh, get it. Makes yeah. sense. He says Space Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> I loved this show when it first aired because it seemed to be everything that Star Trek wasn't. Got and yeah. uh, and his favorite third favorite was Perversions of Science. Okay. Now that I know that it was based on the weird science EC comic books, it all makes sense now. <laughs> uh, plus, I loved your interview with Joel Hodgson. That was over on the B movie. Podcast. Yeah, we had but, we had uh, Joel Hodgson, the creator of Mystery Science Theater three thousand, on for about an hour and really delved into the new show, the history of the we, old show. It was really fun, and you can listen to us trying and with mostly successfully just to maintain our composure. Oh, I geeked out hard. Thing. I geeked out hard with no apologies. <laughs> I I was oof. You're Joel Hodgson. I, I talk, talk about being Joel Hodgson. I may I've been in the <clears throat> same room as Steven Spielberg, and I didn't geek out nearly as much as I did with Joel Hodgson. <laughs> he says, "My friends and I have been riffing on great." Z horror movies for years, Joel and before Joel and the Robots were even thought of. MST3K is a close as close to a show that I would have thought up as anything that's ever been on the air. His top, and he gives us a list of his top favorite 20th century TV shows in no particular order. Sure. Number one, Wild Palms. Wow! We might do Wild Palms did as, that, was for it, a did Patreon. Did it last a lot? It was a miniseries. Oh. Wild Palms was a miniseries. I didn't really watch it. I don't remember hearing it. I have it on VHS. Wow, nice. <laughs> I, I remember taping that back in the day. Uh, the Addams Family. Great, great show. show. I really just... What I love about the Adams family isn't just that it was funny, isn't just that it was kind of dark and mysterious and kooky, uh-huh. uh, is that it really was like the Munsters, a show about a really different family, a family that had different values and about how happy they were. Well, here's the thing: at a time when conformity the, was the norm, the Munsters were a weird family that tried to appear normal. Mm-hmm. The Adams family didn't give a crap. I know they, so great. They just loved what they loved uh, in every regard, except for the theme song. The <laughs> Adams family is the superior show. Eh, even the, the theme song is arguable. The Munsters is one of the best TV theme songs ever. Yeah, but so, so is the Adams family. So I wouldn't. Uh, if, if you put Adams family slightly higher than the Munsters, uh, I'm not going to fight you on that. I think that's fine. <laughs> uh, no. Number three, the six million dollar man slash the bionic woman. You know, I never watched the originals. Oh yeah, I watched yeah. the bionic woman a lot. Yeah. Less than the six million dollar man. Yeah, I, I saw like a bunch of like spinoffs mm-hmm. and knockouts. I saw like the one we're gonna do the uh, reboot of the bionic woman came out about god like ten years ago now. Uh-huh. Uh, we're gonna get to that at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I actually never saw the originals. Okay, yeah. Uh, number four, Route 66. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, number five, Monty Python's Flying Circus. It's one of the best shows, one of the best yeah. comedies ever in mm-hmm. any medium. Gotta love Monty Python. <laughs> 
And uh, we got, let's do one more. Uh, one more. Okay, okay. This one comes from, I'm not sure if this is Mikkel or Michael. Okay. M-Y-K-L-E. I'm guessing it's Michael. Okay. Uh, Michael writes, hey guys, I was recently listening to the Earth 2 podcast and you implied that you won't do Firefly because it got a movie after it was canceled. Ha. I was wondering if you hold the same standard for TV movies. It seems unfair to disqualify a show from your amazing analysis just because you're because fans tried to bring it back because they loved it so much. Sometimes a great show is unjustifiably canceled, and the fans make enough noise to get the networks to give them one last glimpse of hope. These are shows that deserve to be talked about. I only bring this up because I would like to request, in my <laughs> humble opinion, the greatest sci-fi show ever made... Alienation. Alienation. Yeah, I saw where this was coming when you talked about TV movies. Immigration, racism, sexuality, religion, and countless other issues were tackled by this humble, odd couple cop show. Sure, it was based on a movie, but it had countless comics and toys, and was followed by five TV movies. We sadly only ever got one season of the actual show. Yeah. Um, Does this count as a potential episode? I guess I'm looking for rules clarification. Thanks for the amazing show. Well, we tried, again, we talked about this a lot. We tried to make the rules as simple as possible. Uh One season or less, nothing, no second chances. Yeah. Um, Alienation, I think, I'm afraid to say, is disqualified. Yeah. Because it was brought back in those TV movies. Those count as sort of follow-ups or additional yeah. seasons we, in an oblique way. We've made a few exceptions. We made one huge exception for Police Squad, mm. which had led to movies. And that was an accident, but someone met, spent money and sent it to us. So we felt obligated. <laughs> Besides, it's Police Squad. It's great. Mm. Um, we'll also make an exception at one point because someone did the same thing for the TV show Jericho. Mm. But uh, other than that, we're not making any other exceptions anymore. Yeah. Um, that said, there are some nebulous uh, uh, mm. versions there. For example, Manimal appeared in an episode of Nightman. But the difference is that that was a special appearance that wasn't a, a continuation. It wasn't a... Uh, it was clearly like kind of a little wink and nod to the fans. It wasn't a Manimal episode. Yeah, for example... It bring back Manimal as a, a way to sort of yeah. bring Manimal back into the consciousness. It was yeah. just sort of a cute wink in a different TV show. Yeah. We covered it because we wanted to do all of Manimal yeah. because we're c- mad that For example, way. we've decided that at some point in the future, unless it gets picked up again somehow, uh, we are going to do Constantine, even though Constantine did show up in an episode of Arrow, and mm. Matt Ryan has reprised the character in a couple of like animated movies that are only nebulously in the same universe mm. he's just sort of picking up the slack on that constantine the series is over yeah alienation those movies i remember watching those movies they continued the the narrative yeah they might have stayed they might have stood on their own but they were like it wasn't and it wasn't even just one if it was just one i might say well they had a tv movie they wrapped it up uh, it's like no they had a bunch, a bunch of, of tv movies and this was like tech war it was just like a, in fact oh I, we should do tech war on the cancel tc movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes we should <laughs> It's part of the action pack. Do you remember the action <laughs> pack? the action pack? With a team Knight Rider, which nobody ever talks about. Yeah, we got to do team Knight Rider. Team Knight Rider, we're, we're definitely going to do. Oh, my God. But, uh, <laughs> God, team Knight Rider. <laughs> TV sucks sometimes. It really does. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, it turns out a, a childhood friend of mine uh, appeared as an extra in one of those alienation movies. Oh, that's and, her, fun. and her father had a single line of dialogue. So, oh, that's per- cool. personal connections to one of those alienation movies. Yeah, and again, alienation is great. Watch the original movie. Uh, the show was pretty cool. Uh, I remember. I haven't seen it since it came out, but I remember liking it at the time because that guy from Robot Jocks was in it. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, this is, his name is Garrett Graham. But forgot yeah. his name. Uh, and uh, yeah, so listen, it's great. We recommend people check it out, but we're gonna have to call it that one. That one doesn't fit the rules. So sorry. As much as we'd like to talk about Alienation, yeah, I, I actually really like Alienation. I have a lot of fond memories the, of Alienation, the, the, the movie and the series. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry. 
Uh, okay, so again, if you want to write in, you got questions, uh, you want to send us your lists of favorite shows, uh, we've been doing those lately, got nothing against that. Uh-huh. Um, you want to share your memories of various programs that we're reviewing on this series, mm-hmm. uh, we would love to read your letter on the air and debate the, your debate topics and clarify our rules again and <laughs> uh, all that good stuff. And you can email us, soon at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at CancelledCast. Again, it's always canceled mm-hmm. with one L. Uh, I'm at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. Uh, you can buy our merch at tpublic.com slash user slash canceled too soon. Or just go to tpublic and yeah. look for canceled yeah. too soon. You can, find find our, you can find our awesome new logo and our Madball versions uh, uh, there. Mm-hmm. I put it on various merch, iPhone cases, shirts, mugs, fact, notebooks. If, if you're hearing this uh, the weekend of May 13th, which is when we're recording, yeah. uh, you have a couple days to get the discounted rate. Uh, at least uh, on the Madball shirts. On the Madball yeah. shirts. When, they, yeah. when t-shirts go up new on tpublic, mm-hmm. uh, they, they start off at a lower rate. They start off on sale. Yeah. So you can save a few bucks if you get them right away. Yeah. So uh, by all means, check that out. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't subscribed on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash cancel too soon. Um, I mean, please do. We're mm-hmm. really trying to offer you some amazing uh, exclusive content. The Karate Dog episode <laughs> should go live at any moment. Uh, we've got uh, really cool videos. We're working on a book, for God's sake. <laughs> uh, we're going to do Google Hangouts. We're going to send you cool prizes. Um, and, you know, we may add more material over time. There's nothing that says we had to do the monthly movie only once a month mm. if we ever have the time. We'll or, if we ever, monthly movie. Yeah, or if we want to do like a whole series. Like I want to do the not quite human movies, for example. We yeah, might yeah, do yeah. an episode each <laughs> on those, for example, at some point in the future. Um, and also, uh, real fast, uh, we kind of forgot to mention this. By all means... Send us suggestions for TV movies now, too, if you're a Patreon subscriber. Yeah, you can actually write in and say, yeah. hey, I, I saw this. One I wanted to suggest, and I probably will suggest in the future, is Intruders, the alien abduction miniseries. Yeah. Uh, if if you there's one you remember, there's one you were really fond of, mm-hmm. just or just you barely remember, and maybe we can help you out remembering it, yeah. uh, let us know what it is. Write us in. Go, write us in at Cancel Too Soon. But if you want to listen to the Cancel Too Soon monthly movie, again, you got to be a subscriber. Uh, $5 or more uh, a month. And uh, we hope we're going to give you enough content to make that worth your while. And any contribution you have really helps us keep the show going and uh, find new crazy series, dedicate the time to watching longer series like Earth 2 and My Mother the Car. (laughs) Um, So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for everybody who's already helping us out. And please tell your friends. um, Tell the whole world. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe if you haven't already. If you're not a subscriber, we still love you. Yeah. We love you a little less, but we still love you. <laughs> no, we love you. And, and Sergio love you. And my cat Sergio loves you too. Sergio's uh, been in a few of the videos as well. All right, so it's next official next time on Cancel Too Soon, mm-hmm. we will be reviewing the time travel series Journeyman, uh, which aired in I think 2007. I don't have that right in front of me right now. It's one of our more requested shows. Um has a Decent cult following. It's actually not properly on DVD in America for whatever reason. Uh, we'll also, schedule permitting, uh, have a special guest for that one, Brianne Chandler, mm-hmm. Miss Movies of YouTube. You may also know her from the Schmodown, on which I also appear. She yeah. will be coming on the show, provided the scheduling works out, to help us review Journeyman. So I do hope you stop by for that, because that's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. Um, anything else, Whitney? No, I got nothing to add. Great. All right. So uh, that's a wrap, (laughs) folks. We will see you next season.